0: This is the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and podcast on Steelers.com. Well, minicamp camp is in the books and now we begin the long, slow March to training camp before anything really football related happens, but it was an eventful mini camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a lot of storylines that we can get into on the next couple episodes here of the Steelers standard. But before we do, Some interesting news that kind of was surfacing around the Steelers after minicamp broke and into the weekend was a visit from a big-name free agent, Trey Turner, the former offensive guard for the Carolina Panthers for the most part of his career. But last year he spent it with the L.A. Chargers, only started and played in nine games for the Chargers. But, I mean, this is a guy who's been in the Pro Bowl five times in his career. So he certainly has pedigree and I'm not saying you're going after an all pro here, but it's just an interesting name to see pop up visiting the Steelers facility because he plays in a position that we've thought is the strength of the Steelers. As far as their offensive line is concerned, is that guard position because Dotson is ascending and going to be a very good player in this league. We all hope. And DeCastro, although he's on the back nine of his career is still a pretty serviceable
1: player, at least in our minds. So
0: an interesting visit, I thought, Trey Turner coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a, a little free agency meeting.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, again, I mean, there's a lot of there is a lot of speculation on Twitter. Not speculation, but I guess question marks as to why you're bringing him in if DeCastro's healthy and if he's going to be here this year, obviously. But at the same time, it's always a good thing to have depth. And maybe that's what the Steelers are, are, are thinking of here. Um, but it was just... It was kind of weird to me, and I brought it up to you guys, like, is there something wrong here? I don't think there is. Don't believe everything you see on Twitter, folks. That's not what I'm trying to say here, but I don't know. It's just, with everything that happened last year, it's a little weird, and then him also not participating in minicamp, but he was there, so that's a positive. I don't know. It's a little interesting. It's a little, I guess, weird. I don't really know the right way to say what I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't exactly know what to say there, because... every everything that we've heard is that he's going to be playing and all that good stuff there's no injury concerns you know mike tomlin said on on uh, tuesday if i thought any injury circumstances or reason why people were not participating were significant i would share them with you so again that leads more to my point well why are you bringing this guy in again granted depth i get it cool but it's just it's weird a little bit it's definitely weird it's This was just a total
2: unexpected move. Uh, You did not expect a visit from this guy. He doesn't have the best pedigree. I mean, five-time pro bowler, that's great. It's definitely more than what the Steelers have uh, in terms of guys not named David DeCastro. However, when you're talking about key free agents out there, this guy's name isn't a huge one, but he could definitely be an asset to the team. As you mentioned, Kellen, death is probably the biggest asset that the Steelers need to kind of get better with. I mean, they have starting quality players, but in terms of depth, they really lack in many areas, including the offensive line. So it's a question questionable move just because it was so kind of out of left field and unexpected. There was no conversation leading up to this beforehand or of speculation until the visit was made. So, yeah, kind of, kind of weird that this came out of nowhere. And if
0: David DeCastro is, say, if David DeCastro is, say, Speculating, maybe retiring, which again, this could just be a complete rumor that's being thrown out there, Uh, and at this and just people speculating a lot. And yeah, exactly, that's what it is. But if he does, then all of a sudden you do have to go and make a move like this and use some money that you would obviously get some back if circumstances were like that. But I guess what I want to ask now is, do you want that to happen? Because my answer is no. I still think Dave DeCastro, although he had a rough go of it in 2020 i still think i would put my eggs in his basket more than i would a trey turner's i know Absolutely. that trey turner's yeah, a five-time I mean, pro bowl. it's not like i'm you know bringing in some slouch he definitely would be more than serviceable if things were dire enough where DeCastro did walk away and you had to just quickly do some patchwork on the inside of that line that's a more than serviceable patchwork right. job if you brought in a guy like trey turner but I still think I would bet on David DiCastro coming back and maybe not playing like an all pro, but at least having a bounce back year to 2020, kind of getting back to normalcy around the country and around stadiums, uh, both yeah. at Heinz Field and stadiums that he visits on the road with the team. I, I still think that. If he can get to it just slightly above average, that's just as good, still probably a little better than what Trey Turner can reach.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's – obviously you don't want anything to be going on. And like we said, we haven't heard anything. Again, this is all speculation. It's all what you see on the internet. Again, don't believe everything you see on the internet, kids. But at the same time, it, it does bring up question marks. And I, you know, I saw someone write that – you know, maybe injuries are c- catching up to DeCastro and not that they've been a huge problem in his career, but he has had them. Are they piling up? I don't know. He's getting older. That is a fact. I, I don't know, but you would much rather have him who has, you know, an, an all pro type pedigree to his name. And granted, like you said, um, you know, Turner, if, if you have to go that route and it's an absolute necessity, that's a pretty decent patchwork job as we sit here almost at the end of June. Now, um, you know, am sh- all the great free agents, all the top tier free agents on the offensive line are already taken care of. They're already playing somewhere else. So uh, if you had to do that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the move makes sense. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that this is all rumor and speculation. Um, And it's just, again, you know, it it was just, I I think people are making a bigger deal out of him being there and not participating that, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then he was also the only starter that didn't speak. Yeah, so
0: it just lent right. or many to, camp, It say. lent the room for people to yeah. really speculate about what right. was going right. on. Right,
2: But the, the the thing that is not speculation is the fact that this guy, Trey Turner, was brought in. And no, that's a, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. And so that's something that people have to acknowledge. Was this done with intent maybe to light a fire under David DeCastro? Who knows? That's speculation for sure, what I just said. But what was factual was the fact that the Steelers brought in this guy a piece that could be used as a debt piece. I don't know necessarily if he would get the starting job over David the Castro they were both on the team. I don't think so. I don't think so either, but still, it, it wouldn't be a, 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 an asset that the Steelers would just shy away from if, if they could afford
0: it. Is it an insurance policy, too, on one Kevin Dotson where maybe he has a little bit of a sophomore slump? A lot of people yeah. are known to do that, and you know you hope and keep your fingers crossed that he doesn't because not only does this year ride on him really developing into a premier starter on an offensive line in this league, but he's the linchpin moving forward for your offensive line, him and hopefully Kendrick green, if he can also step into Mm -hmm. some big shoes that he's trying to fill at that center position. So you really have to hope that Kevin Dotson doesn't have any kind of a slip up, but you just never know. So it might be nice, Jacob, if you did bring in a Trey Turner and you did put him on your bench and, you know, Not to say that you're going to take a guy and Trey Turner has been playing the league since I think around 2015, 2014, and and ask him to play center all of a sudden when he hasn't done that, but it is an easier transition for a guard to move into that center spot too if something were to happen to Kendrick Green. Maybe it just gives you a little bit more flexibility and maybe you're reading, you're not reading, you don't want to read too much into this when Trey Turner visits because it does make sense other than DeCastro walking away from the game for this to be a depth move because you've got two other rookies making up that interior. Of the, or, excuse me, a second-year guy and a rookie making up the rest of that interior. So that's not the best ground to stand on, really. You're, if you're putting Castro, a lot of hope yeah. into young players taking that next step for you to be successful and maybe win a playoff game this year. Let's
2: go down the offensive line. If David DeCastro does not return to the Steelers, this is speculation, but if he does not return and it's Trey Turner starting instead, you would have... Trey Turner, uh, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green. Chief maybe Secour Kendrick Green.
0: Maybe you, at the beginning of the year, maybe B.J. Finney. Maybe. You don't I'll, know. I'll
2: say furthermore, for speculation sake, Kendrick Green starting at center and then also Zach Banner. What is the starting collective – what is the collective starting numbers between those guys on the Pittsburgh Steelers?
0: It's not is good. it, not is, a it is it is it is it sixteen? It's still 15? last year, still it, Chooks who would have had the most starts for I'm the saying
2: team. I think collectively the guys who have gotten starting jobs, starting positions on this team prior to the 2021 season, Chooks with 15, Zach Banner with one, Kevin Dodson with what two, four? I think four. he started four games last year. That's it,
0: year. and that would be it. And then you do have a guy in Trey Turner that has started 16 sure, games, but not before, on the but Steelers, on the Steelers. Yeah. but still, it's. I do like it as an insurance policy, and and you can never have too many good linemen, I think is the point. But that would be a pretty expensive insurance policy because five-time Pro Bowlers aren't going to take a too friendly discount, even though he did have an injury problem last year in L.A. He's still only 28 years old, though, so he's still got some years in front of him, you would think.
1: Right, you would. And, and, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to this. Last year, he only played in nine games. He only started nine games due to injury I don't know if you know teams are kind of just letting him go under the radar and the Steelers are just doing their due diligence to bring him in. They're, they're a team that needs a little bit of offensive line help. Again, if he's an insurance policy, this does make sense. Um, but it's just, again, it's just really weird that— It would make a lot more sense if he played tackle, I think, Yeah, in a lot of people's right.
0: minds. I think the position of guard is kind of like, whoa, those were the
1: two spots that, that and maybe that fuels out into the speculation word. of DeCastro. Right, I think that's exactly what it is, is the fact that, hell, I mean, us three were talking about it that— uh, when you look at the Steelers' offensive line, it's the guards that you're probably the most comfortable with. You're the most confident. I know DeCastro uh, didn't have a good year last year, and I know that Dotson is coming into his sophomore year. There's always potential for a sophomore slump. But those were the that was the unit of the offensive line that you were really intrigued by, you're really excited about. And then this happens, you know, what, th- three days, four days after minicamp. That's, again, like you said, Tom, that's kind of when people start you know, getting their yeah. their brains working a little bit, like oh, is there more to this? A conspiracy theory, I guess, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Turner again. If they bring him in for an insurance policy, it might be an expensive sure insurance policy, but it definitely could help them. It definitely could make, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that offensive line a lot deeper. And you're always one injury away. You know, I right. mean, that's one thing that we learned last year with with uh, Zach Banner. Um, you know, one one injury away. If you don't have a good guy behind them. You know, not to say that the Steelers' offensive line was, was horrendous last year or anything like that, but at the same time, it, it always makes it easier when you have someone else behind them.
0: Well, if you're going to want to play on the Steelers' offensive line, you better be ready to play some physical brand of football. That's what new offensive line coach Adrian Clem said he would accept nothing less than when he spoke to the media after Whitney Camp, saying, you set the tone for what's going to be, and you create an environment in a room, carry that out on the field, and you're demanding of it every single day, this referring to him. Although they couldn't hit with pads, you know, really starting to instill once they put those pads on, this aggression's really going to kick up a notch with our offensive line play. He also went on to say, it's not that we're trying to find ourselves. This is who we're going to be. If you're going to live in this world, that's how we're going to live. If you can't do it, you'll be at home or you'll be on the sideline with a hat on. It's not a democracy in our room. This is what it is. That mandate of the offensive line getting physical. In 2020, more physical on-the-run blocking is an extension of the mandate that Art Rooney II gave Matt Canada, saying that you want to run the ball a lot more as this offense is concerned in 2021. And You can't do that with how passive the offensive line was playing in the past season especially, but you saw that a little bit in 2019 as well. Great pass-blocking unit. One of the best in the league, Ben Roethlisberger, stayed upright the most of Mm -hmm. any quarterback uh, in the league last year who played the amount of time that he did. But that run blocking just after a good start at the beginning of the year really seemed to fade. That aggression kind of seemed to go. They weren't setting the tone, dominating the line of scrimmage, blowing defensive lines off the ball. And that's exactly what Clem is referring to here. It's not going to be any room for that kind of, you know, passive style on any part of this line. If you're going to be playing one of these five spots or even six spots, if you go Mm -hmm. jumbo sometimes, You have to be ready to play downhill, put your helmet into someone's chest and drive them off the line. And that's the tone that he's setting out of minicamp. Can't put the pads on, so they haven't actually hit anybody yet on that offensive line. Just a lot of walkthroughs for those guys. But I can tell you, once training camp rolls around and those pads go on, it doesn't matter that they're going to be playing some of their teammates on the other side of that ball. They're going to be hitting hard. They're going to be setting that
1: tone for the year. Right, and you know I think that's the one thing that – unfortunately you don't get to see in minicamp you know you see everybody else kind of running around and, and doing you know football related yeah. things <laughs> again it's football and shorts but at the same time you don't see what that offensive line has really preached I mean this is the first time we've you know you've seen the Steelers and there's been a ton of media there and everybody's doing something um you know the the you don't get to see that 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 forcefulness i guess that um that that clem is is preaching you know you don't get to see you know they're just hitting a, a pad the entire time right well, what are you going to get from that how are you going to learn what you're going to see with this offensive line it's great to say it and it's great that that's the idea you know in in mini camp and in otas that's great that that's the message but again you know you, you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect, expect different results that's you know what we talked about a lot last year and in this off season. I know that they're trying to change it, and I know that's what they want to do. But it's just tough because, again, that's an- another one of the, the unfortunate things about minicamp. There's no pads. There's none of that. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see that.
0: It's tough. As, it's basically for skill position players mainly, right? For the most it, part, it's yeah. mostly getting minutiae and playbook stuff down for the yeah. linemen. You know, going through walkthroughs, putting in an offense, the early steps of an offense, but. It, with shorts and and t-shirts and and helmets, helmets it's mainly for <laughs> skill position right. players. Right.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know that going in, but again, it, it's just or
0: at least I don't know if it's mainly for them, but they can get the most out of it because right. I mean, and you see the most action yeah, of those guys. Exactly.
1: Right. And I mean, that's again, that's just the the unfortunate part is that yes, we keep hearing this, we keep hearing that the offensive line wants to get back to normal, be more of a smash mouth type offense. Obviously, that's the goal when you have Najee Harris as your running back, but. At the same time, it's just we haven't seen it, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate that it's going to take all the way up to August until we see it. I mean, it's great to talk about it, but you have to be about it too.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I just think that there's a lot of pressure, I think, right now being put on both Najee Harris and the offensive line when you consider, I don't think it was really either of their faults, especially Najee's fault, to blame last year for the lack of running game. Sure, the offensive line has control over how – to a point, how well the running game can operate. But if the people you're putting out there aren't going to follow their blocks or even just work well with the li- with lineman in any way, then you can't really blame the lineman to begin with because if the running back isn't going to be a typical running back, learn the playbook and and, and, and work symbiotically with the offensive lineman, you can't put the blame all on the lineman. But because the run game was so bad, it's easy to blame the offensive line when – there wasn't really one guy on the NFL, on on the Steelers roster that you could point the blame to. It wasn't just James Conner who wasn't working well, or it wasn't just Jalen Samuel who wasn't working well. If that was the case, then Najee Harris may not have been a Steelers draft pick. If one guy worked out, then the Steelers probably would have gone with an offensive lineman in the first round. So there's a lot of pressure right now on Najee Harris to kind of fill that role of the typical Steelers head-down, smash-mouth, running-back style of play, but also there's a lot of pressure on the offensive lineman to make life easier for that kid who, who isn't Superman. I mean, he can do only so much, and we've seen him do a lot with a collapsed pocket, but you can't expect the kid to run the ball every play with a collapsed pocket.
0: One of the biggest reasons that they talked so highly about Kendrick Green once they picked him was his smash-mouth <laughs> propensity his ability to be a nasty kind of player on that offensive line. And that's exactly the kind of DNA that they're trying to get back to. And it played a lot into their decision into picking him with their third round pick this year and why he's probably going to trend to be the starter on this team. Uh, And I think when Dotson was playing earlier in the year, starting for DeCastro, getting the majority of his starts at the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. that's when you saw the offensive line really run block the, best that they had having multiple 100-yard rushing performances in a streak of games to the beginning of the year. I mean, Benny Snell was rushing for 100 yards yeah, at one point. Right. And
2: <laughs> so at, I one, at one point.
0: I don't think it's going it to be really a problem wins. for Dodson to play that kind of football either. DeCastro, although he's getting old, you have to question if he wants to commit to that kind of style anymore, but you know he can if he does want to because he's made an entire career out of doing that. You don't become the all-pro that he has if right. you're too passive on the run blocking for the longevity of your career. But with the tackles and Banner and Chooks, I mean, that's a big question mark there. I know that those two guys, you know, their value is more so in the pass blocking, but – when you have tackles that can fire off the ball as well, that's just going to make things a lot more easier, especially when you try to bounce things onto the outside. So uh, it's tough to say because these are all super tough guys. I mean, Mm -hmm. tougher than any of us in this room combined by far, but you got to question the toughness of a chooks and a banner. And you got to question the toughness of a DeCastro just because he's getting kind of up there in age. But with Kendrick green, the book seems that he's super aggressive and, and Dotson. I think it checks the boxes as well, but that's only two out of the five that really you feel super comfortable with. Okay. These guys are kind of like pit bulls on a chain that you can let off and they're going to just be nasty for a full 60 minute football game.
1: Right. And I mean, you know, you mentioned it's two out of five that, you know, check that bill and it's not that the others don't. It's just a matter of there's question marks there. Will they, that's one of the reasons that we've talked so much about, or at least I have is, you know, not that I don't have confidence in, in banner or jukes or whatever, you know, uh, or even Green, or, or you know, whoever I guess is, is whether it's DeCastro or whoever it is playing guard. Um, it's not that I don't have confidence. It's just a matter of it. It's such a question mark. And again, we've talked about it so much that the offensive line, no doubt, needs to be better. It needs to, you know, it needs to be one of the focal points of that offense. Or else, you know, again, you're going to do the same thing over and over again, and expect different results, and that's the definition of insanity. As we've said so many times, you can't do that. So yeah, I mean, again it's not that you don't have confidence in them. Like you said, you illustrated that it, Tom, it's it's two out of five that fit that billing. And again, that's kind of what I was alluded to a couple minutes ago is like, we haven't seen it, you know, and if that's your mode of offense, that's what you want to do. Um, I know that it's not their fault. We haven't seen it, but again, that's why there's question marks there is because of the fact that, you know, this offensive line is going to need to be so much better than they were last year. And they are going to need to rely so much more on the running game. And, and, you know, we don't know how that's going to work. We don't know what that's going to look like because we haven't seen that brand of football. And I mean, it feels like it almost a decade. But, you know, really, I guess it's only been three or four years, five years since Lev Bell has been here. Yeah, it's it's been a lot
2: longer than Steelers fans would like to admit since the Steelers have had an actual running threat at, at at the tailback position and not to discredit what James Conner did his first year when Le'Veon Bell set out, because that was an impressive feat that he accomplished coming in and filling those shoes. However, you know, it wasn't the same after that. And injuries were, were, were an issue and COVID with no off season, you can easily credit or chuck up to as an issue for that as well. But it's just frustrating, and I, I mean, I think we all can agree the fact that we won't really know, as Kellen has pointed out time and time again, exactly what we're going to get out of this offensive line until August, and we're only in mid-June, a little later portion of June, and, and we're getting more and more eager as time passes.
0: No question, and when you look at this offensive line, and we talked about this kind of at the beginning of the episode so it's kind of kind of a little bow on it here the depth can still be a problem yeah. and i know you go out and you get a guy like joe Hag on the free agency market kind of an under the radar signing but under the radar for good reason also because it's not like he's lighting the world on fire when you bring him in but he does <laughs> still have some experience yeah. uh but chooks and banner uh really getting a go at the starting thing chooks kind of quietly worked his way to 15 out of 16 starts last year. And you can crown him a starter uh, benefiting of course, from banner going down after the first game of the season. So that was the position battle in 2020. Now they both find themselves at those tackle spots in 2021. And there's so many question marks just with those two and the starters in general, that I feel any injury of some significance could really derail the Steelers season. And, Maybe that's why you go yeah. out and you bring in a guy like Trey Turner, even though you think you have the position that he plays kind of filled out. You just never know when DeCastro is going to slip something or, or God yeah. forbid Dotson rolls an ankle or, or something Banner of that magnitude. Again. Yeah, exactly. Who, who knows what that could win the injury bug or how the injury bug is going to creep up. If you did, I mean, teams would never have that problem run into their championship runs in any sport. So you just have to adapt and adjust and hope that you have the depth to deal with it. And I question if the team does have the depth to deal with it, not just in the set, in the offensive line position, everywhere, everywhere on the field, <laughs> right, really. we're just right. talking about that offensive line group in particular here.
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, like we've talked about um, that's, you know, hope, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what the Steelers thought process is with Turner is, you know, we're one injury away and mm-hmm. God forbid, if we have two, um, you know, yeah, you think that that offensive line, you know, right now looks pretty decent. And if, you know, as last year taught us, if, you know, you do have one injury, you know, you could still work with it. And, and, and we looked at last year and the offensive line wasn't horrendous last year. It wasn't worse than a league bad or anything like that. You know, they were first in league and pass blocking. So that should speak for something. Um, but at the same time, if you lose another one, like you said, Tom, right. it, it really derails things. So, again, it, to, you know, go back full circle to the beginning of the segment. I think that's what the Steelers are looking at here. Is you know, if we if we have an injury or if you know, God forbid, someone doesn't form, perform well or we have two injuries, it's a nice insurance policy to have. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily, um, you know, for us and for people in the media, you know, looking at it, it, it obviously creates a lot of, I don't know, controversy, Force story, pit? speculation. But you if
0: know. you're gonna be playing a very physical brand of football too, that breathes, right, It that opens that up
1: injuries sure. as
0: well, like. I understand that it's definitely the way to go. If you're the Steelers, you want to get back to that running smash mouth style, but you have to have depth to be able to play that way because you need to be able to plug guys in in order for you to have a somewhat manageable offensive line. And I guess the other thing that's been kind of trending lately in the media is how good do you need to have your offensive line be in order to win? Mm -hmm. Of course, they note how the Steelers' offensive lines, when they won with Ben Younger in his career, right? We're pretty abysmal at some time yeah. throughout the season, including Ben shouting them out at the podium mm-hmm. for all the uh, negative attention that they got leading up to that entire run. I understand exactly what they mean. And it's true when you have a quarterback young like Ben was back then. But now I think just at his senior age, you just kind of
2: he's
1: not going to put more of your eggs yeah. in the
0: basket of you need that line to be at least above average to do well.
1: It's even more important. Yeah. You know, the onus is even more on them, you know, and again. We know that, that Ben's getting older. It's been something that's been happening, you know, over the last couple of years, sure. and it's something that, you know, everyone knows is happening. But, again, when he's getting older, this is his last year, you, you don't want to see Ben on his back all the time. You know, I don't think anybody does in, in the offensive line, and like you mentioned, obviously don't either. So. They're the last people that want to see him because that means right. it's
2: falling on them. Right, it's
1: their fault that yeah. he's on the ground. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a big part of it too. And, and you know, it's – again, it's – I don't know, this this – this episode is really um, its frustrating. Spec- it it yeah. is, and it's speculative. I mean, because of where we are, and it's only June, and, and why are the things happening the way they are? Why are, is another guard coming in for a visit? But again, like you said, Tom, I mean, I think you kind of put it the best way is the fact that it's probably, and it probably, I mean, I, I think everybody's assuming that it is just an insurance policy, and there's nothing to look into. But again, I mean, there's as you said earlier, it's there's nothing wrong with having too many good offensive linemen. That's a right. good that's a good problem to have. That's that's a problem that the Steelers aren't
2: having in many positions at all. Maybe only the wide receivers, I would say, is is the only uh, position room where there are an overflow of guys capable to get the number one starting position.
0: Clem also said. It's about new offensive coordinator Matt Canada designing plays that put us in situations that we can be physical. It's about making it so there's not that need for a ton of communication in plays where guys have to do a lot of reading and thinking. It's running and taking advantage of their natural athleticism and allowing them to be physical, not overcomplicating things, simplifying things where we can so they can be as physical as possible. The majority of our guys already have it in them. Once you create that culture, you just feed off of it and you grow. We're nowhere near where we need to be, but there's some gains made in that direction. It's encouraging, and I'm excited about it. Interesting what he said about the Matt Canada offense and about how it's really on him and Canada. It's on him, as I'm referring to Canada, to put that line in positions where they're allowed to be physical, and that kind of goes back onto that mandate that we talked about at minicamp, and I mentioned earlier in this episode for Mart Rooney to run the ball a lot more, so... As we work our way through this wake of minicamp from last week, in our next episode, we will get more into the Matt Canada offense, how it can put that offensive line in situations where they can be more physical, where they can have more downhill blocking and not be so passive-aggressive when it comes to their run blocking. And we'll also talk about what we saw from wide receivers, tight ends, a whole bunch of other stuff on that offensive side of the ball as Matt Canada starts to put the foundations of his new offense in, for the 2021 season coming off of minicamp. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks as always for listening. You can check out all of our stuff at Steelers.com. Just look for the podcast Steelers standard there for Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gersky, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you next time.